0: heard her before but you've never heard her like this
1: it's lena Wynn, unscripted and
0: uncensored
1: i forgot we're actually on camera (laughs) I was just reacting to the opening there. That's awesome. I love it. I love
0: the Lena theme song. It's It's so so you. Thank you so much. By the way, if that voice is familiar, that is Steve Kamer. Uh, You may not know his name. You probably do, but you've certainly heard his voice before. He um, introduces Deborah Norville on Inside Edition Mm -hmm. every single night. And uh, he's like the station ID voice for news stations across the country. I've heard him in the grocery store, the drugstore. I mean, he's in casinos. (laughs) Can't get away from him. Announces the Olympics and He's the voice of the New York Yankees. I mean, probably one of the most sought-after and talented voice artists in the country. So glad to call him friend. Thank you, Steve, for doing that intro. Yeah, sounds awesome. Welcome, everyone. This is the first episode of the Lena Wynn Unscripted Podcast, and I thought today's topic is completely appropriate because we are talking mid-life career change, (laughs) which is why I'm here today, why I'm able to do this podcast. And in studio with me right now are two women I adore and have a lot of admiration and love for. First of all, Elsa Ramon, and many of our listeners will know her. She worked with me at KCAL KCBS. You were also at KBC. Where else were you?
1: I was at the NBC O&O in Dallas. I was at the Fox O&O in Phoenix and an NBC affiliate in San Antonio. So been around. I'm desert Southwest. I could never, ever, ever (laughs) bring myself to work in the cold markets. I had interviews there and I (laughs) came back. Uh, once from Hartford, Connecticut, an interview there. And I told my agent, no, no, thank you way.
0: Right. <laughs> okay. And then Elsa, to the surprise of many quit her job not too long ago. That's why she's here. We'll talk about that in a second. We also have Stephanie Medina, who goes back to my first days at KCAL when I was hired here in 1997. I was the youngest person they ever hired back then on air. You were in news at KCAL and then you went to public affairs and then where after that? Well, I actually had a lot of news before that. I am
2: from LA. I'm a native. I worked at the KCBS. It was KNXT. That's how old I am. (laughs) Um, So at CBS as an intern in college, then was hired at NBC um, while I was finishing school, then got my first job outside of school at ABC. So I like to say I have friends all over because, you know, a lot of people stay. Yeah. Um, and then I, I left and went to KCAL. So I was at KCAL for 20 years wow. and the merge with CBS. So I was there during that time. Um, and then I morphed into nonprofit work. All the work that I had done in community relations, public affairs, and television – help me find sort of passions outside.
0: Uh, Stephanie and I had lunch not too long ago and when I heard her story of what she went through to get to where she is now this midlife change. I don't know if you saw it I like was trying to not cry when I heard all this stuff that you went through. Uh, But your story really inspires me, and we're going to talk more about it in in just a second. Now, when we were talking about midlife career change, I'm going through Twitter, and I find this article, and it was uh, posted by uh, First Republic Bank. And it gives you six awesome tips for a midlife career change. Now, I know a lot of people listening are thinking about it, have thought about it for a very long time. When they knew that we were going to be talking about this, I got a ton of messages from people who had already done it, they'd done it and they'd met with success and they're happy. And and then I also got messages from people who are considering it right now. And to them, it's like the scariest thing they're going through right now. We all get that, right? Of course. Okay. We're gonna go through this six awesome tips, and then you guys can can kind of share with me if you thought of it, if you kind of, you know, went through this. Uh, first of all, understand that for each day that you stay at the job that you no longer love. Just because the money is great or you don't know what mm-hmm. else to do actually just puts you further behind from from your long-term goal of financial freedom. We're not just talking about happiness. We're talking about financial freedom. Elsa, money had to be the first thing you thought about, right? Of course. I'm a, a single mom, mm-hmm. two kids. I have a 14-year-old and
1: a five-year-old. And you know, both of you know as well as I do, that there are definitely golden handcuffs in our industry when it comes to salary, because it's really, really good money. And compared to what people outside of our business make, people would say, you're crazy to walk away from that kind of money, that kind of salary. Um, So, yeah, it's scary because when you're the only person who's providing for your family uh, or you're the financial breadwinner, yeah. Yeah. That's the scariest step you can make.
0: Mm-hmm. How about you, Stephanie? Yeah, I uh,
2: I blew up my life all at the same time, actually. It was the divorce. It was leaving my house and leaving my job. I didn't plan, um, you know, how it is in the business. You know, uh, management changes and it changes your perspective on your job. Um, and I left a job that I really loved doing, but was able to go to another job that was similar, um, kind of down the street, cross the street. I know how they put that. Um, so it wasn't changing that much for me, but you know, to your point, Elsa, being the breadwinner, single mom, two daughters, um, having to figure that out, it, it's really scary.
0: When, when I did it, I mean, I'm fortunate enough that I thought about it Uh, a a long time. I wasn't in the position where I lost my job and, oh gosh, now what do I do? But it's still scary because when you're thinking about it, this is all I've ever known. Mm -hmm. I was in the news business for 25 years, 21 of those years spent at KCAL. I've never done anything else. Mm -hmm. So it's really scary. Like you said, Elsa, we make really good money for what we do, Mm -hmm. right? There are plenty of people who break their backs who don't make as much money. At some point money cannot be your focus anymore. It may be your focus when you're thinking about leaving, but it it can't be your focus when you're talking about, okay, how long do I keep doing this? Um, So uh, tip number two is do not take the saying, follow your dream and the money will not be far behind too seriously. And I I think, I don't know what your situations are. I think a lot of people will, will probably say, yeah, it was tough at first. In fact, Stephanie, I mean, tell me when you made the big, big change, how tough things got for you.
2: Well, it was really tough just leaving from one station to the other, first of all, um, because it was a different pay structure. It was a different role that they sort of created for me. It wasn't exactly what I thought it was going to be. And taking a leap from that into nonprofit. Fortunately, I landed um, at the Special Olympics World Games that were here in Los Angeles in 2015 at a very senior level. So I was okay. But everything that I, a couple of years before, I had to sort of make up for. My daughters were getting older; they were getting ready for college. Like all of these things that I hadn't planned for, so I landed okay, but it, there wasn't a plan. And I think that was that was really really hard for me um, to figure out how to make that leap. There was a time between jobs where I was making sure I had enough uh, food for my kids' lunches at school. I mean, it got to that point where everything really more so after my divorce, that everything that landed on my shoulders, I couldn't have anticipated. I really didn't know what that was going to be like. So I was fortunate to work for um, bosses who appreciated my skills and what I brought to those jobs. Or honestly, I don't know
0: what I would have done. Elsa, you left on your own accord. Yeah, I'm a, um, a
1: lot less out from my separation from my prior life in news. I've been gone from KCBS KCAL for four months now. So like Lena, it was all I knew. I'd done this for 21 years. I've been with the same agent. I have done this for 21 years. I've worked on this career my entire life, as we all have. And as you all know in news, it's a needy bitch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what I used to say. <laughs> it is the neediest bitch you'll ever work for because... It's morning, noon, and night. It's twenty-four-seven. Oh. Everything stops, and when I say everything, I mean your life stops yep. because you have to deal with deadlines and lining up interviews, or you're dealing with breaking news. You're on set dealing with breaking news. You can't exactly take a phone call from the babysitter at that moment if something's going wrong. But well,
0: and and not to mention, it's not just the demands of work when you're at work, but when you're not at work. I'll be driving on the freeway and I see smoke. Oh my god, I gotta call the yes. I <laughs> And then <laughs> even leaving news, I used to still call the desk. Right. right. right? And and yeah. then just being aware, it's like you don't want to be caught off guard. You don't want to not know if something big happened. So I was always listening to the news in the car, listening to the news at home on the TV, just in the background, scrolling through media, uh, mm-hmm. social media to make sure that I'm not missing anything. And I didn't even realize how, how tough that was on my heart until I stopped doing it. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm breathing right now. Yeah. So it was such... Literally a load off my shoulders. I just felt lighter.
2: It becomes a burden, this big worry, this burden that you can't miss anything because you don't know if they're going to call you into work. Even on your day off or your you know, you may have mm-hmm. gone home for the day and they call you back. Right. I used to be that one who had to make those calls. So I know, oh, I I'm remember. sorry, I'm sorry. But, <laughs> you now we need you to come in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can you come in early for the cut-ins, there whatever it is. Right. right,
0: exactly. Okay, number three, focus on work and not money concerns. Even though we've been talking about money, how how much it matters, regardless of what anyone says, money matters, right? But they're saying that you should focus on work. So when you're, you know, thinking about that next step, I couldn't believe like pulling out my resume. Uh, I like, I hadn't looked at my resume in like 20 years Mm -hmm. and, and knowing that, well, if you're not going to do what you've been doing for the last 20 years now, and you're going to do something else, fixing your resume, taking a look at it, actually thinking about what else can I do? Not only what else can I do that'll make money, but what else can I do that'll fill that void? Because Mm -hmm. clearly there was something missing because I was making good money. I live close to work. You know, I had a, 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 actually a pretty nice schedule something was missing so how do you go about what's the next thing well i can tell
2: you what i did so i believe we all have a skills toolbox and every job we have from the moment we start working whatever it is when we're kids when we're young, we start putting skills. I remember having – at ABC, when I was working at ABC7, I knew how to fix every copy machine because they would jam. We were printing scripts. <laughs> yeah. Back in the day when we printed scripts, right? They right. were just, you know, <laughs> multiple copies. So I realized, you know, when I started doing my resume – because I had to have one same after 20 some years, I need a resume. I kept getting hired without one. Um, I had to create a different kind of resume. And I looked in that skills toolbox, say, what are all the things that I have done and can do? And it amazed me at all the things that I know how to do that. I just automatically learned along the way, kept throwing those skills. And I, I tell young women this all the time when I Speak to young women, you know. Start creating. Hey, you're that you're speaking
0: to two of them right now. <laughs> Very well. <laughs> yes,
2: of course. Much younger women, and, um But you know, I really tell them that. You know, you don't know what those skills are going to translate to later. Um, but when you have to create a resume, I'm sure, Lena, you are looking at this going, "What the heck? I'm a writer. I can write anything. Mm-hmm. I can write for on air. I can write for print. I can write. I can write a book. See, there's there's so many skills that until you start really looking in your toolbox and writing them down you don't even realize yep. all that you've accomplished.
0: That, that You're good for something other than news, right?
1: <laughs> yes, we and can parlay our skills into so, so many, many different environments. We are good and fast on our feet. We can mm-hmm. write. We can communicate. We mm-hmm. can connect. We can, um, you know, endear people to us. These are all skills mm-hmm. that you cannot just learn or this is – Fostered over, over time. years and mm-hmm. decades in our business. But to your point that you talked about before, Lena, about you know, you're in a good spot. This is where, you know, people like my mom would say, Are you crazy? What are you <sighs> doing? You have a great job. You're anchoring right. in your hometown in LA. You got what you wanted. And yes. and it wasn't just a job. Right. It's a career. Yes. It's it's a career, a, it's but a it's a lifestyle. Image. Yes. It's you, a lifestyle, right? an image. You're right, Stephanie. It's just everything about it. You are consumed. And our families too, our kids, because they grew up in this too. My kids did and all of ours did, Mm -hmm. right? But um, I know the last few years I had been where Lena was thinking, I'm really kind of unfulfilled. I am bored. And not only that, you know, at any moment, what if it's not my decision to, uh, you know, finish this job or not work here anymore? So I started to think about what are all the things that interest me and that I uh,
0: love. So then you started thinking of a backup plan. Yes. That then became your primary plan. Well, it,
1: yes, it in a way, um, I did a few years ago, started thinking of a, of a backup plan and I started to prepare myself to start getting into politics because I love politics and I was starting to think about what avenues I would take to start running for offices wow. and what I needed to do because- also, another skill set that we have that we can parlay into other positions is that we are all very um, well versed in what's a, happening. A lot of things. A in the world, of- in our own world here and in the world in general. And, uh, you know, a lot of us have found a certain niche in news where we like some people like, uh, you know, uh, troubleshooting things. Some people love reporting on politics. Some people love, you know, reviewing gadgets, whatever it is. And for me, politics was it. So I thought, wow, I know a lot about politics. I've covered it my whole career. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm going to do. But it, but <laughs> it then took another turn, which, you know, we'll, we'll talk mm-hmm. about how well, I ended up with my show.
2: You know, my CEO currently, I worked with him twice before, you know, man of value, someone that I, I love him love working for Lena knows Lena has worked for him for many years. He was with he was us great. and it's my third time working for him. But when we were in television, he once took a group of us to lunch um, and it was, you know, marketing promotions, controller, operate, you know, all different production, all different people. We were having lunch and he said, I read this article. And this article says in your twenties and thirties, you you're kind of creating your career, creating what your, where your path, where you're heading. When you get to forties, I know neither of you are 40 yet, but (laughs) when you get to your 40s, you should start creating an alternate career path because when you get to your 50s, you may have to reinvent yourself. And what it is that you're doing is looking for things that you're passionate about, things you have an interest in, exactly what you're doing else exactly what you're doing. So he really said, you know, at this table of people, there's someone here who's been doing that. And I'm thinking it's, you know, fill in marketing. You know, mm-hmm, Phil, mm-hmm. it's got to be Phil, you know, he's got a million contacts, he did radio before television, he's amazing. And Patrick looked and he said, you, and he pointed at me and I said, what do you mean? And he said, well, you sit on this board of this organization, another board of this, he said, you found the things you're interested in. And you're um, sort of making another career, albeit volunteer career in those things. Um, And sure enough, as I got older and needed to reinvent myself, I actually, one of them got to be the interim CEO for a year for that organization that I love. And I continue to serve on their board and that helped me leave television and um, really do the nonprofit work. I understood nonprofits and I only work for nonprofits that I have a passion for. That's how I choose.
1: It's not work when it's your passion, right? You You don't mind putting in the work and the hours and the sweat
2: equity because it's what you love. Exactly. And he always talks about the why. So that's what it comes down to. You know, why this? Why do this? Um, And if you can answer that why, you're good.
0: You know, speaking of why, number four, understanding the real reason you're not happy Mm. with your current (laughs) career. (laughs) They say that the real reason lies within yourself. Not the bad boss, although there are many bad bosses out there. Not the culture or the economy, although, you know, sometimes the culture at your work really sucks mm-hmm. or the economy is bad. I would say uh, a month out now, this is actually true. If you would have told me this when I was thinking about this, I, I don't think I would have uh, I would have agreed with it because I was so unhappy, uninspired and just just really felt like I was missing something, like I was wasting time. Yeah. And that is the worst feeling ever. I felt like I was wasting time. But now stepping back, I actually can see the point of this. And that is, it's you. So whatever it is, it you may have a bad boss. You may have a work environment that just sucks. And all of that probably helped get you out, mm. which I'm telling you, blessings in disguise. <laughs> you may feel just horrible, like you can't do this anymore. You might feel trapped. That's that little voice inside you telling you to just do it, that something is missing and you need to address it before it's too late. So would you guys agree that you may have had a, a, a bad boss or an unhappy situation or a bad work environment, but at the end of the day, it's actually whatever's going on with you that you need this change?
1: Yeah, oh, absolutely. Because even if you have those extenuating factors like a crappy workplace or bad boss, if you're if you're happy doing what you're doing, you would just be willing maybe to ride out the storm, right? Because culture changes. We've seen bosses come and go. We've seen newsroom environments change with that management change. And so if you're truly happy doing it, you would just wait it out. I think that's absolutely right. It's a combination of already something inside of you saying you gotta, you gotta go, you gotta find something else and then that just kind of pushes you
2: out of the nest, right? yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. sometimes it's it's not enough anymore mm-hmm. to just do the same thing. Um, you maybe you need a challenge you, maybe you need you know some kind of change that's gonna spark that light again inside, right that's gonna yes um, inspire you to do something more.
0: Well, my, my biggest concern was one my parents and my family. So aside from how am I going to make sure that I provide for my kids, it was, oh, my God, what are my mom and dad going to say? I know they're going to freak out, which they did. Yep. Mine and, did, too. you know, I'm very close to the Vietnamese community. They've been so supportive of me. And I was com- concerned about what the community would think. And then despite all of those concerns, I was so unhappy and so missing something that I just had to do it. And when you get to a point in your life where you need to take care of you, that's when you make the really important decisions. It sounds like you both are really happy where you are. Yes? Oh my gosh. What are you doing now? (laughs) Oh my gosh. It's like
1: night and day. There are so many things I never got to enjoy like being home at night with my daughter to do her homework Mm -hmm. and um uh cooking dinner and things that I love doing I I, I actually get to pick her up at school most days if her dad's not you know picking Mm -hmm. her up on his days but I'm around my new career uh which is my own show called Adventures in Crypto with Elsa Ramon um is taking me all over the world so there are chunks of time where I'm gone for a week or two but then the rest of the time around that I'm home for another couple weeks so I'm home more with my kids than I've ever been in my life my son is uh now playing t-ball and this Sunday is his first and you get to go game and you know what if I was still stuck at channel two Anchoring the weekend evening news, I would not have been able to go to his first T ball game. I would not, I just there's I just realized how many things and so much I had missed um in these 21 years. Well, well, my daughter's 14, so I guess I should say 14 years.
0: Well, but you were missing a lot. I mean, it's true. Th- this, Other things. you sacrificed so much for this sure. for this job. Sure. My first week not working, I after dinner, I said to Denny, let's let's go for a walk. And I was like, Oh my God, <laughs> I get to go for a walk. And Most people would be like, "Okay, calm down. I've worked nights and weekends my entire career. People don't realize the little things that everyone else takes for granted. We weren't able to do because we're out there covering the news. Friends, dinner parties, parents (laughs) having events with family over,
1: me getting to go for maybe an hour and having to leave Mm -hmm. or not being able to go at all.
2: I, I remember, um, you know, leaving the newsroom, going to community relations and television, and we had all these events, and I had to coordinate them. So there were weekends, there were evenings, there were dinners, there was galas, there was parades, and I never will forget the first time I didn't have to coordinate our participation in the Martin Luther King Parade, and I and because that was a really big production, mm-hmm. I got all these cars, and I had to get these signs made and get the talent there, and you know, transport everyone. It was this huge thing, and it was actually. A national holiday, it was a company holiday, but I never had one off. And it didn't even matter what the holiday was, just the fact that I never had that Monday off. And in the first year (laughs) I wasn't doing television, I went, Wow, what do I do? I guess I'll watch the parade on TV. It was the weirdest thing because I didn't know what
0: else to do that
1: day. Someone else's problem that day, right? right. (laughs) Someone else
0: got him out there in this Okay, number five, be wary of short-term solutions. So a lot of people who leave their jobs will do so like in a fit of rage. They're just so mad they've had it, they quit. And then they'll jump into something and make the same mistake twice, meaning they end up in another job that they're unhappy with. Um, And so the advice here is to actually step back Be okay with not working for a while, but step back and making sure that your next move, because we're no spring chickens anymore, that our next move is something that fulfills the things that we're missing. Because if then you go into another job without really looking at everything, you're stuck in the same place. Yeah. And then you're what? five years older and then what? Right. So, so being able to step back and and take a look to make sure that what I'm going to do is fulfill more than just the money aspect. It's, it's, it's the, what's going to make me happy.
2: Yeah. And I think when you first step out, it's okay to step out and try something.
0: Sure. You don't want it to be just some
2: short term, whatever, but you want it to be something that you're really interested in trying out. Um, I used to tell our production assistants when they'd come in and some of them would stay a little, long. And I used to tell them, you know, when you're starting out in a career, two years, move up or move on unless you're still learning, unless you're learning and you love what you're doing because you don't want to get to the point where you don't love it anymore, but you're stuck you have to kind of move on. So it's okay. I think sometimes, but have a plan for that. Mm -hmm. I'm going to try this. You know, when I went to the special Olympics world games, it was three years. That was it. It was an event. So I knew going in what it was going to be, but I also knew, but in that three years, I get to do something pretty amazing. I can make some contacts. I can start looking for what's my next thing. So as long as you're still looking ahead, um, if it's a good situation like that certainly was for me, um, I think it's okay if you know it's short-term, if that's what it's supposed to be. Mm -hmm. But if it's just jumping into something because you think you have to work and you think you have to make money. I mean, I did it almost a year without working at all. And it was a little stressful. Sure. But um, I was really glad I took that time.
1: I agree with that.
2: Don't walk
1: off in a fit of rage. Um, You know, when we're younger, we're a little more (laughs) hot-headed and have a tendency to do that. I'm, listen, I'm no stranger to making a mistake or two. None of us are, but- I really feel like this time that I left and I left with still a year left on my contract um I was able to take this other opportunity it it was coming for a long time I had been thinking about doing all these other things no and surprise, I was yeah. I was ready mm-hmm. for a change it wasn't you know a snap decision it was really a thought out change I
2: knew I needed a change and and you did it, and I did Yay. it. You know, okay. and, that, and I got to say, I have so much admiration for both of you. Leaving on your own terms. When I left, it was on my own terms. Yeah. I was an under contract, so I said it's time to go. Did and you guys
0: not feel the sense of freedom as if you've, as if you've just broken out of prison? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> right?
1: <laughs> We're free. Yes. yes. Oh gosh, in so many ways. Don't you feel like you're detoxed? Right. A little and, and bit. <laughs> by the way,
0: we're not, we're not dissing our work. We're not no. dissing the company we worked for. Certainly not dissing the careers we've had because we have all been really lucky. Yes. And to have been doing what we've And
2: done. loved it for a long yeah. time.
0: And loved it. Dream job.
2: All along the way,
1: for sure. It's the reason why I'm able to do, we're all able to do what we're doing right. now because right. of the opportunities we mm-hmm. had. So absolutely, definitely don't. We're not doing that at right. all.
0: but it got to the point where we needed something else. Uh, I thought I needed something more, not just something else. Um, and I think that the business has changed so much since mm. since I wanted to mm-hmm. get into this. I came I to this so. com- I, I came to this country as a refugee. All I did was watch the news, and I thought, "Gosh, reporters were so smart. They knew everything that was going on." I want to be that knowledgeable, and I want to provide a service. That, I'm not sure happens much anymore in TV news, mm-hmm. uh, and that's part of kind of like the downfall and, and part of the reason why I just really got sick of it. I mean, to be honest, I really got sick of what I was doing on a nightly basis, mm-hmm. just reading scripts. Okay, most people won't understand this. You guys will. Like, I couldn't like something on social media without thinking of whether I'd get in trouble uh, at work. Like, I couldn't like, you know, I couldn't uh, post, oh, this restaurant is great, da-da-da-da, because, you know, uh, now the boss doesn't want me to do that because it's an endorsement. Stuff right, like that. Right, and, and, like, other people don't think of it. But all of these restrictions on you as a journalist, most people don't even know the hassle. So, of it. So yeah. you were losing yourself as a as a person. Absolutely. Because
2: you were wrapped up in... Would work being, wanted you being to do. The,
0: yes, exactly. Yeah, we
1: had to be completely just apolitical, um, yeah. you know, which of course is uh, which you should be as but, a journalist, but
2: which is what I loved about leaving. That was the freedom for me: mm-hmm. breaking out. I can vote and tell people who I'm voting for. <laughs> right.
0: You can't do that. Right. I couldn't. No.
2: As long as I was in television, yep. I wouldn't do it. And and I never donated to political
1: right. campaigns. Nope. I never talked about what you know party I'm with. All of that. And right. Lena's right, even about uh, being careful about endorsing a restaurant because then it looks like now they're getting unfair treatment from you and, you know, it, yes, a lot of restrictions. Well, and I
2: remember even in community relations, I used to take pictures of the, you know, all of you on-air talent um, at different events. And I remember saying, okay, move over this way because the Coca-Cola signs behind (laughs) you and I didn't want (laughs) to have
0: signs or there's
2: some other post, no, move this way. So I don't, same thing. We were always conscious of that. Yeah.
0: Okay. Number six, we've been talking about uh, career planning, of course, very important, but they're saying that you need a, a combination of financial and career planning, so it's back to the money again. But it's the: Am I saving enough money? How much savings do I have? Um, when I do retire, do I have enough? It's it's and it's a lot of work. Did you did you guys actually do that? Sit down to look at what you have. Oh. what you're going to need to. <laughs> Elsa looks confused right now. Did you not do this?
1: No, I'm saying Oh, I, my! the look on my face is, oh, yeah, of course. Oh, okay. I mean, I looked at, at, you know, okay, pension and my 401k and how long of a runway do I have and that kind of thing. Yeah. And, you know, kind of prep my parents that, mm, you know, what if there's a day I might need to bridge a gap? Fortunately, I did not have to do that. Um, but uh, yes, it took, some planning on that and thought, I'll have to do this. If I run into some financial trouble, I can liquidate this and, you know, tap into this resource if I needed to. And that's what I did. I, mm-hmm. I looked into making sure I could do that.
0: Stephanie, did, you, I I know did because you actually had to tap into it,
2: right? Yeah, I did have to tap in for a short time. Um, but I planned as soon as I got out, as soon as I stopped. And, you know, fortunately, I've had fairly lucrative job, so I'm not Mm -hmm. way behind. But then having two daughters in college, being Mm their self-support, all these other things came up. So for me, it is looking future for myself because I have a plan for them. I have a plan for between now and the time they finish school. And I'm in planning now and in, you know, really stocking away, whatever, for my retirement. But yeah, it can be be really scary when you get to a certain age and you look and go, whoa, I don't have much more time. Right.
0: So when I looked at my stuff, I realized I don't know what's in my 401k. I don't know what my pension is how it works. Mm-hmm. I didn't know any of that stuff. And quite frankly, I just had kind of money. I've been horrible. I have had horrible luck with stocks. I just have cash sitting in an account that earns almost 2%, which I thought was great. And then someone called me knowing that I was, you know, going into semi-retirement and asked me all these questions. And so now I have this awesome financial planner, and it was a lot of work, but man, you have got to sit down and ask yourself some tough questions. Uh, and that's going to be another episode uh, on the podcast, but it's this, I've got to trust for my kids now. I had to think, what if something happens to me? Who gets to make the decisions for mm-hmm. them? And then it, who, if it's not that person? If that person dies, then who? Down to four steps. Yeah. I mean, now, and I feel so empowered that I did this because now I know when my kids will get my money, mm-hmm. what they have to do to get it. I'm not just handing it to them. Mm-hmm. What happens if I become, you know, unable to make decisions, not of sound mind or whatever? Uh, and those were tough questions that really I should have already had answered. And as a smart woman, I don't know why I didn't do those things, but I'm telling you, a lot of people haven't. You know why? Because we think we're invincible. Well,
1: right. Honestly. And we we've think covered- we have time. You yeah. think we oh, have think time. We think we have time. But, you know, when you're flying in F-16s and on the front... Uh, uh fire lines and you're at scenes of shootings and you make it back home every night come on quite honestly you think you're a little invincible i, I lena i have not sat down with a planner and planned I've, and made a will for my kids and who i just have beneficiaries i've got are, the perfect person for okay, you. <laughs> good but i i only have beneficiaries for these things that i have my mm-hmm. pension and stock and what all that kind of stuff and that's my kids and my my mom right you know i that's it, though. I haven't planned anything. You just made me think that maybe I need to set up all these other things, oh, too. Ab-
0: absolutely. I mean, they were asking me questions. So, you know, my lawyer's like, OK, so what happens if you can't make any decisions for yourself? And then, you know, I got my parents in there. OK, well, then what if your parents die before you? OK, then I got my brother. And you, mm-hmm. you know, you have to go through all these steps. And it's really, really important because, God forbid, and I've seen it happen. I've seen 30-year-olds have a stroke and die. Right. You have to plan for it. Uh, and I know that Sitting down and thinking about it makes you feel old, <laughs> but it's something that, that you have to do. It's so important. Yeah. Okay. Um, what does swag mean? Swag. <laughs> free stuff. Free stuff. It's an
1: acronym. Oh, wait, it's an actual acronym. I should know that. Really? You don't know? No. I don't know.
0: We all get? Yeah. Oh! <laughs> oh, oh I never oh. knew that's
1: what swag meant. I always just oh. call it swag. You know, yeah. all the swag that they sent to the newsroom. By the way, if the I was- that they sent to the newsroom to try to get you to cover right, their events. That's it. That's <laughs> swag. We
0: don't get it anymore, right? Do you realize we both just sent <laughs> Yes. Oh, yeah. That's another restriction too, right? <laughs> no, we're free now. Okay. So, quag is questions we all get. Um, these are questions I ask all of my guests. So, uh, we're going to go with the first one. Your first paying job, Elsa. Ever. Oh, ever in my life? Yeah, yeah. Uh, It was at a movie theater.
1: Oh, that's fun. In La Mirada, because I was going to La Mirada High School. And I was, you know, one of the kids that swept up the popcorn after every movie and picked up the trash and cleaned up the theater for the next group of people to come in and then worked the ticket counter. Oh, good for you. Oh, it was horrible. (laughs) No, it was actually fun with my friends, but the horrible part was the orange and brown polyester outfit oh, they made you wear, like even sexy. in the 80s. I couldn't believe it. it. was horrible. It was like this 1970s looking thing. And I remember <laughs> looking up one day from the concession stand and my parents were standing there through the glass laughing at me like, ah, look at you wearing that polyester. Yeah, get to work. Yeah, nice. But it,
0: it was fun though. Stephanie?
2: Uh, first job, um, real legit job, grocery store. I worked my way through college. They loved me. They were so wonderful. I could go away to school, come back for the summer. They would always oh, yeah. hire me. They would transfer me. I went to school in Santa Barbara at Westmont college. They transferred me up there, transferred me back. What'd you do? I I started just being a box girl when I was mm-hmm. in high school and they loved it. I'd been a cheerleader. They said, Oh, she'll bring people in. And there was a couple of us. <laughs> and then as time went on, I became a checker. I did the overnight crew so I could go to school all day and then work. Crazy hours and then right. not miss costs. And um they were so wonderful. But then they said, Give us every Saturday, and the rest of the week you do whatever you need to do. We're, we're, so they supported me. Oh, this boss supported nice. me oh, as cool. I was building my career. So that I love doing it. And when they said, Will you stay? Oh, hell no. I don't want to do this manual labor <laughs> all, all my life, right? So I thanked them and said no. All right. Okay. Uh question number two: best mistake you've ever made. Awesome. Oh gosh. Um
1: I got tangled up in some politics uh, when I was working at a TV
0: station, and I... Do you mean office politics, or yeah, do you mean actual politics? Yeah, oh, office politics. okay. Okay, got By got... the way, we're going to have a podcast on that. <laughs> that yeah, that'll be fun.
1: <laughs> um, but I got tangled up in some politics. You know, we were talking about being a little hot-headed when I was younger, and I was standing my ground and um, stood my ground against the wrong people, which uh, to, the, to this day, I, I really don't regret it. But at the time, it hurt when I was on the losing end of that. But it led to the most amazing five years I had in San Antonio as the main anchor and made some lifetime friends at that station. And it was one of the happiest, most wonderful times in my life. And that opportunity, being a main anchor in San Antonio, led to so many other things. Had that not happened... I I don't know if I'd be sitting here right now. So
2: I I really thank them for letting me go. That was the one and only time I had ever lost a job. Yeah, I think mine is too. When I was in news, um, I had this big fight with someone who was, I don't know what her title was, supervising producer. I don't know what her title was, executive producer. Um, Really big fight. And uh what is it? Do I know her? Yeah, you know her.
0: I think I know. Her. Wait, is her first initial D?
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Behind closed doors and um it was really bad and but then what happened was she would go around to people that knew me well saying, you know, Stephanie's afraid of you and I'm like, then they call me go, "You're afraid of me?" I'm like, "I've known you for 10 years, no, I'm not." But it got to be this really weird thing, but because of that fight when the opportunity opened in community relations and I knew I could leave news under that, it was time to do it and I mm-hmm. took it. So it was a mistake (laughs) to get in that argument with her, but it ended up being a really, really good thing. That's
0: awesome. Same thing. By the way, so uh, Elsa and I are are great friends now. um, And when we met through work, let me tell you about me and Stephanie. So um, she was on the assignment desk. I was a new reporter in town. And we actually, like, knocked heads when we first started. And we had our own drama and office politics stuff. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you something. So... We worked through it, and now, like, I can call her friend, which is not something you can always do. Mm -hmm. I mean, and I was 20-something, right? Um, And so I really appreciate that.
2: Well, you know, I think that's something you learn in news, to a certain extent where you have to come back and work together tomorrow. Right. So I know I learned it that I have to let things roll off. I remember having mm-hmm. yelling matches with a photographer who wasn't getting out the door in time to hit a story. And the next day he'd come in and he'd bring me a coffee. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, you kind of had to do that. I think our situation, it took a little longer. But yeah. there were other people that were swirling around us <laughs> helping to perpetuate, you know, these negative things. But, right. yeah, we got through it. And it's really Lena. Nina had to forgive me for oh, something. Stop. I saw her the other day, though. We had lunch, and I was saying, you know, I really don't remember what that was because I don't hold things either. I let them go. I remember everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, I used to remember everything. And oh, after yeah. a while, I was like, how long ago was that? Yeah, no. But yeah.
0: it's good. I'm glad you did because it reminded me. I'm like, wow, that was yeah. that was a big deal back oh, then. Oh, yeah. It, 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 and it yeah. was for me. And I, I remember, you know, when you're young, new in the business, and you don't get yeah. along with someone. It's devastating, and it eats up at you. Yeah. So, office politics is going to be a great, great episode. Actually. <laughs> okay, Elsa, if you weren't if you weren't doing what you're doing now, you could do anything you wanted to with guaranteed success. What would you be doing? I'm doing it. No, come on, something I'm, else. No, I'm serious. Really? The, this new show that I'm working on,
1: mm-hmm. we have, I have complete control of how we're shooting the stories how we're uh, framing them, who we're talking to, the video, the production of it, the producing of it. It's mine. Uh And I really, this is the first time ever that I've really truly been an entrepreneur Uh because we have uh, big plans to parlay this into so much more and it's all aligned now to to do it. I'm finally in a position where I'm not being told what to do. I'm not being managed. Not that I had issues with authority, but who doesn't
2: want to be their own boss? So I'm doing it my new show, is it? Stephanie? That's great. Okay. I used to always joke that, you know, if I could just give it all up, I'd go to Santa Cruz and work as a barista in some little coffee place every morning. And, <laughs> right? So what I thought I would do, honestly, I would own my own place. It would be breakfast. Everyone would come Ooh. in, regulars every day. They'd know me. I'd know them. We'd close down, and then on weekends, we'd open it up at night for, like, open mics and showcasing okay young talent. My daughter's a singer-songwriter. She's going to school at Berkeley, College oh, of Music in Boston. Got a beautiful
0: voice, My too.
2: other daughter is costume design. She's studying here at Cal State Northridge. But I just felt like that would be the thing I would love to do. If, if it was guaranteed success and I could help young people get a start, that's what I would do now. Oh, that
0: sounds awesome. fun. You'd, and you'd be great at that. Question number four, favorite dive to eat at? <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> My favorite
1: dive to eat at? Well, uh,
2: I haven't been to a dive in a while, but I
0: can't <laughs>
2: Well, you know, I couldn't think of one either. I just started thinking about what place do I love? Like, okay, you know, so it can, doesn't have to be have a dime. guilty you guys pleasure no fun. food place, okay, that's maybe. Fine.
0: Well, where, where's yours?
2: Okay, this is so bad. This is so, so bad. Gus's Fried Chicken in Burbank. Gus's? I don't. It's like Southern Fried Chicken, so it's got a little, little spice to it. It uh-huh. is. Oh. I think I've eaten there maybe three times. I have to stay away because it's so good.
0: Oh, I've got to look that up. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever, I've never known of Gus's Fried Chicken. I have not heard it heard about it either well, so you're, i don't know that you
1: want to eat chicken but it's really good I, <laughs> well i'm not vegetarian or vegan i just try to oh, okay. um as much as possible every since well, that's
2: what they say eat plant-based but yes i, I and try anything for balance yeah
1: be. i'm not a vegetarian yeah.
0: i've sure. got a, i've got a lot of balance okay well, what about <laughs> yeah, you do you, <laughs> well, you cook
1: you eat you're you're good <laughs> oh god my dream place is uh, to eat well anything that's
0: italian
1: um, I love Italian food. <laughs> because it's so full of carbs and cheese oh. and deliciousness. and
0: uh, What's your favorite Italian dish? Uh, God, It's a tie
1: between chicken parmesan and lasagna. Um, and of course, I hardly ever eat
2: chicken, but boy. <laughs> my favorite Italian dish, Casio Pepe. Have you had that? It's the cheese with the pepper and Ooh. it's amazing. But Pasta. The, I have not had that. But the, my, oh my
1: favorite Italian place yeah. as of late has been Ancora. Which is where my boyfriend Sean and his family has been going for, Where's I don't that? know how what, many long, long? how long it's in Tarzana, oh, the corner okay. of uh, Corbin and Ventura, mm. family owned. They've been there like 150 years. Well, not really. I'm exaggerating, but, but you know, they've, <laughs> Sean's family's it. gone yeah. there their whole lives and it, the food is amazing.
0: It is traditional Italian and it is phenomenal. Great. Now I'm going to have to do an episode on food.
2: And <laughs> yours? Uh, oh
0: God. Your dive or other? Oh, you know, I eat it so many. There is, and it, it's not like great food, but it's, have you guys passed uh, Riverside and Tahunga? There's just this little shack there. And I can't remember what it's called, whether it's Jack's Hamburgers or something like that. And it just has a little red top and it looks like, wow, really? Should we really eat there? And uh, <laughs> it's great and it's cheap. And uh, yeah, it's a good burger and fries. Mm. Kids love it, too. Yum. Um, okay, so uh, not that you guys, especially you, Elsa, aren't used to asking people questions, but you get to ask me anything. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we get to ask you the questions. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, yep, yep. What You, you didn't really answer.
0: What?
2: You know, if you could do anything, guaranteed success, uh-huh. what would you think? Mm.
0: Oh, well, everyone who knows me knows my loves are food and uh, karaoke if I could be a paid karaoke singer, oh my God, I'd be so happy. Uh, But (laughs) I would love, that's why I love your idea of opening a place and serving breakfast and stuff like that. Uh, So I would love to be like, you know, a renowned chef. That would really make me happy. Yeah, It's it's
1: never too late to go to culinary school. When I open my place, you can design the menu and the dishes. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) Let's see. Um, Is there any place you've ever regretted working?
0: Well, Unlike a lot of people who worked in TV who go from place to place to place to place, I've only... This is my third stop. Okay. So I've been really lucky. I started off in Augusta, Georgia, which is market 110. Mm-hmm. But you know what? God, I would love working there. It's... Everyone's out of school. Mm-hmm. And back in those days, before social media, like after the show, we'd all jump into the uh, obnoxiously painted news van and go to the, a bar. <laughs> You could do that now. <laughs> oh,
1: God, no, which I was going to say, which oh. is a fireable offense now. But right. back
0: then, how we fun. Would, we would just all hop into the, you know, SUV. We'd go to the bar. And it was, I mean, we were like kids out of school. And it was like family. And we were still competitive. I find that in the bigger markets, you're really not even that competitive anymore. You at know, least not in the right, not the in the right places. The only time I found that, that
2: we were, is when KCAL was brand new. I was one of the first people. And when we first brought the initial crew, everyone came from everywhere and we had something to prove. There right. right. you yeah. go. Yeah, see? Yeah, yeah. And, and when you're
0: young in this business, you've got something to prove. People yeah.
2: were yep, relatively young, all handpicked from around the country. I luckily was just, you know, down the street, but that was that same feeling.
0: hmm Yeah. <sighs> Stephanie Medina, Elsa Ramon, thanks for being on the show. If you're out there thinking about making a midlife career change, just do it. Do it. Just do, do it. Do it. <laughs> do it. Thank you, Lena, for having we'll, us on. We'll see you next time on another edition of Lena Wynn Unscripted.